0: Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content.
1: That's right. A couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. That is right.
0: And this episode is all about standards. So we're going to be talking about the standard decks that you've been seeing on the ladder in the events, as well as what you might be seeing in some of the... um, events this weekend but first each week we bring a beer we drink jeff's then drink mine rate them on a scale of bronze mythic and choose the best for last so with that jeff what is on tap
1: all right this week we have an amber ale Longtime listeners of the show know how much we love those it is from hawk tail brewery um that's what yeah. it looks like boom there boom it's four and a half percent it has a big hawk on the can and uh, Zach, you actually picked this up when you were out west, right? Yeah. So
0: this is from Alberta. It's from Brimby. Um, it was just in a local Sobeys I saw there. All of their cans have this kind of logo. Um, they're just different colors. And I think they all have the same picture of the hawk on the, on the side. But this is, of course, the one I was drawn to the most because I like Ambers a lot. So we'll see how it goes. Good choice. Yeah, here we go. I'm gonna crack this open. But as I pour it into the glass, we have some magic news. Um, There are the arena championship qualifier weekend is this weekend. Uh, The format is standard. Uh, So one of the reasons why we're talking about standard right now is to get ready for that. And the actual arena championship number two is coming up March 18th and 19th. And the formats are gonna be um Firexia, all will be one limited and historic and the top eight will also be historic which we're going to talk a little bit more about all of that next week and you'll you'll see our feelings about that but jeff i wanted to ask you um when was the last time you you bought a hot pocket have you uh have you had hot pockets actually I, do you do have you had a hot pocket i want to ask
1: that. i was gonna say i have never had a hot Pocket. okay no <laughs> so uh,
0: for people who don't know hot pockets aren't really sold in Canada at all. Um, So I grew up on Hot Pockets, but here you guys have different versions, um, like Pizza Pops and and things like that. that... Oh yeah, my freezer is currently loaded with Pizza Pops. Yeah, and there is a very distinct difference between Hot Pockets and Pizza Pops, which I will get into at another time. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) Um, Magic is doing like a promotional event with Hot Pockets in the States. And uh, there are, but there's like four different um, boxes. So they have a Gideon box, Jace, Chandra and Vivian. And if you buy these products, you can like take a picture of your your receipt and send it into their website and you get exclusive arena content by buying Hot Pockets. (laughs) Um, I love it. (laughs) So. Jeff, before, so this was something that people had found in stores and taken pictures of, posted it on Reddit, but the actual promotion did not start until March 1st. So we did not know what the actual arena things were. Um, but do you want me to tell you what they are? Because it's... Uh, I'm not... sure it's very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can only have five and all of the um prizes are the same so it's not like there's no collectible aspect it's like the first receipt that you send in you get a pre-constructed vivian deck and then the second one you send in you get a vivian avatar the third one you send in you get a vivian sleeve and the last two you get like 2000 experience in the mastery pass um so obviously not really for us or other people who are very um i don't know Who play arena ever especially because the vivian (laughs) that they're talking about you get two copies of vivian on the hunt which was from new capena which we famously did not care for that card and didn't want it (laughs) um but you know honestly this promotion seems pretty good it's like a mono green deck they have the list it's there's a good amount of like just rares that aren't amazing but cool there's a titan of industry so some of that stuff is just it's cool to have something that's free for new players. And if you happen to eat Hot Pockets, you're like, oh, I've never tried this game. Here's a free thing for me to do. The first thing gives me a deck I can play with. So, um, but yeah, overall, cool, uh, I guess for people, but I'm not gonna drive to the States to buy boxes of Hot Pockets to uh, get these.
1: Yeah, also not gonna complain about the free shit they give out though, like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you said, I think the idea is someone buys some Hot Pockets. They've heard of Magic before, Have never really gotten into it. Take this as an opportunity to give it a go. And uh, great that they get some rares, even if they are uh, of questionable quality.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's probably feels cool. And then it's like a sweet, big monster green deck, which is usually what new players like. So, awesome. Free things now. As soon as they do like some sort of promotion with like, I don't know, Budweiser or Coors. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like Coors very much, but I would buy a bunch of Coors if they gave me arena codes.
1: Be all over it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine having like Coors Light sleeves or something? Oh my <laughs> god. god. Holy shit, that would be so sick though. Like if you have like Budweiser and Coors Light are battling against each other. There's also like, I don't know, Corona and whatever thrown in there. That'd be sweet. Um, i would be super happy about that they're not going to do that but they're they're uh, probably
1: just waiting for the winner of the silver series to be announced so they knew know who to partner with oh for sure definitely yeah yeah um
0: No, I'm pretty sure Wizard (laughs) just wants to stay away from alcohol, which is another reason why they have never given us a preview card, and they probably never will. One one of many
1: reasons. Yeah, Yeah, one of many,
0: (laughs) but obviously, whatever, let's not get into it, Uh, but Jeff, let's get into some standard metagame, I don't know why I just did that, but, um, so, (laughs) thanks, Uh, I've been playing a lot of standard recently, knowing that we want to talk about this, and, there was the best of one qualifier last weekend for this weekend qualifier. And then the best of three, of course, is this weekend, um, which I'm kind of working towards. I can't do it this time around, but I know that in future events I will be participating. So working towards that has been really fun. And I've been playing a ton of events and uh, seeing a lot of the different decks. But um, you've what? been cleaning
1: up too.
0: Yeah, I sure have. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but uh, what about you? How's, how are things going?
1: Yeah, I've been playing a lot. I was planning on playing in the best of one qualifier, actually. I was like, oh, I'm going to do, because the arena open was limited and the best of one qualifier was standard. And I was like, I will I have enough gems to enter each one one time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'll do. I'll play one limited event, then I'll play one standard event. So I play the limited event. I kind of like flop out two and three, whatever. Uh, and I was like, okay. And I'm about to click into the standard event. And then I realized that, Next weekend, like I'll be visiting my family. That's my mom's birthday and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I just can't play in it, even if I qualify. So then I was like, ah, all right, I'll go back and do the arena open again. Um, So I was very close to playing the best of one qualifier, (laughs) but I actually did not play in it. Yeah,
0: that's funny because I had a very similar plan, um, which I joined the arena open, went 3-3, didn't go well. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do the qualifier. but my mom is visiting me this next weekend. So um, <laughs> moms ruining our tournament magic Not, uh, goals. Classic. <laughs> uh, classic moms. Um, but anyway, uh, what, <laughs> I mean, we're going to basically go through some of the decks that you're going to be seeing in these events or on the ladder and the ones that um, you see most often, we'll talk about first and, and we'll get into the ones that you see a little bit less of a little bit later slash what, we like or a deck that I want to talk about it, but I'm going to not talk about it for a long time. So anyway, classic, very the lead. Um, but the the first deck we're going to talk about is one that has been around for quite a while and is still really strong and probably the best deck. It has a lot of ways of combating all the other strategies everyone else is doing, and that is Grixis Midrange. Oh, boy.
1: Yep. <laughs> Um, and if you've been playing in the previous standard format, you know, before all will be one, uh, all will be one did shake things up. So it's not one of those Mm -hmm. sets that didn't do anything, but for this deck, I don't think there are any new cards. I think it's just (laughs) the same deck. Yeah. And it's
0: still like the best one and you'll see it constantly. And this is the deck that if you, I mean, nobody has a great matchup against this deck, I think, but, um, just, you can't build your deck and be like, oh, well, I fold to all the cards that this deck plays um, mm-hmm. because it just plays all the best cards that are like just value, just value town, basically. Ugh, I hate this deck. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna come out. It's so annoying. So this is like basically moist Rakdos, but we're playing Corpse Appraiser uh, just Oof. for value and uh the main game plan is invoking despair your opponent into oblivion which is mm-hmm. such a horrible card i hate it. yeah i hate it i hate it i am i'm so over invoke despair
1: yeah seriously i i don't have like a huge issue with the card invoke despair the issue i no. have with it is that we have a three color deck that reliably casts it on turn five. Exactly. Like, the whole okay. point, it's one black, 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 black. The whole point is that you have to be very dedicated to black to play this. A three color deck should not be able to consistently cast this on time, mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but it does. And that's part of what leads to like, the games feel very samey. This deck mm-hmm. always does its thing. It always does the same thing. They always seem to have a turn three Fable of the Mirror Breaker all the time. That never doesn't happen Yeah. somehow. And then you're getting hit with like, if they want, they might choose not to do it. But generally, like, you can expect to get hit with Invoke Despair on turn four because of the stupid treasure token. Um, I think oh. that's my main issue. It's like... Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, you know, we're sick of it, and the reason we're sick of it is it just happens too often. It just happens too consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, I think this deck is pretty whatever. Like, other than the I'm gonna just lay, like, just hit you with turn after turn after turn of Invoke Despair starting like way too early in the game. Everything else, I just look at the card. I'm like, okay, it's it's like an okay card.
0: (laughs) I know it's just like the annoying. It's just the play pattern of like I play my two drop you kill it with your two meta removal or like counter spell you corpse appraiser to get a card back and then you're playing shielded into it, invoke or or some variation of that and like just just kind of knowing like i have to play into all these things and then you get value because i had to play into your counters and your removal it just makes i there's nothing inherently broken about it it's just frustrating and i'm tired of i'm tired of like having to try to get multiple Planeswalkers on the battlefield so that I can keep one of them. You know, I like, it also breeds like, you have to have a bunch of creatures because you have to have things to sack to them, but also well, then there's another deck we're going to talk about in a little bit that kind of feeds on that, but like that makes wedding announcement better because you have to play wedding announcements so that you have a bunch of creatures so that you can you don't sack your best ones to invoke despair. But There's then it's a wedding announcement. Exactly. <laughs> so then you have to have another enchantment. So um it's just it just makes, you can be set up for a turn that's like, okay, I I'm not like favored, but like I'm feeling pretty good. And then they slam that and you're like, Oh
1: gosh, okay. So Yeah. And obviously the, you know. The issue is you can't play around it by like, oh, I won't commit an enchantment to the board because they draw a card and you lose two life if you do that. So it's like mm-hmm. not even, you know, sometimes it's debatable which one's better. Like, yeah. do I want to, I know they're going to play this card. What should I do? Should I play my enchantment or not? I either get one turn of value out of my enchantment and then lose it. Or like I lose two things and they draw a card and I lose two life. Like I, I actually just don't know. Um, And again, that. It's fair because the card costs an outrageous mana cost. Yeah. So if it was just horrible if they didn't have all three types, then it would be ridiculous. But you know, it'd be nice if the black, 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 black was actually a constraint and not yeah. just completely trivial.
0: Well, yeah, because we have some interesting like monocolor decks we're going to get into, and having a mono black deck with that card that would feel like oh yeah, well mono black plays that plan because that's right. a good card. To that's play in the that. payoff. But when you can do it, the mana bases are just so strong. Like there's, you have so many good lands and, uh, and and just the treasures and the corpse
1: appraiser on three and, and then, and then invoke on five. Yeah, that should be a little harder to do than it is. So that's that's my that's
0: where I come from. The I hate this deck, but um, obviously it's very good. And this is the matchup that you just expect to play when you're playing standard. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, not. And I'm I'm also coming to this where I think the standard metagame is pretty interesting right now. Not mm-hmm. like I, I don't like this deck, but there's always a deck I don't like playing against because that's just magic. Like there's always like I'm I'm never super excited to play against like Azorius control, but like I'm happy when it's like there. So having decks that you don't like in a format doesn't really mean anything bad. Uh, but this is the one I don't yeah. like. And it's the most prominent
1: one. So, yeah. Yeah. Do. So one thing we'll talk about is, like, over this past weekend, there were a few standard events, um, specifically, like, the Asia regional qualifiers, so Japan, Korea, East Asia. There were a few different big events. Mm-hmm. Three. Do you know what the Grixis mid-range metagame percentage was if you take it across all three events? Uh, no. What is it? Sixty-five point four six percent. Oh God! Duh. Wait, that's what this says. Is that right? That can't be right. Is it? No, it can't be. Where, where do you see this? Hold on. I sent you the performance matrix. Below that, it has the metagame share. But it looks like it looks like it's just over a quarter. Looks like it's thirty. Uh, it says 65 on the left, but then there's like a pie chart and it's definitely a little more than a quarter. Yeah, that's definitely not... I wonder if it's all just doubled for some reason. So let's say it's like 32 and a half. So that's huge for a standard um, deck to be third, like essentially a third of the metagame. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Zach's saying, you're going to play against this a lot. One thing I've noticed, there was recently a standard challenge on MTG online, and the guy who won it was kind of bragging about how he did it so easily with, with midrange. I think he like didn't drop a match. Um, and what they did was they moved away the re- you'll, you'll find out in a second why I'm bringing this up. They moved away from certain cards and towards other cards. And the two cards that they moved away from that they claim are the reason they were able to win this event so easily mm-hmm. are Reckoner Bankbuster and Shieldred. <laughs> they cut Shieldred and Reckoner Bankbuster from their deck. Um, and one this- card that they replaced it with is yeah. Blue Sun's Twilight. Um Which they claim is the Mirror Breaker, because it is so good against Bable of the Mirror Breaker. Um, So, that's just something I needed to call out. that In the future, these decks might uh, get better by cutting the bad cards and playing... Not bad cards. So right now we have a we have a fighting chance against Grixis because people insist on playing bad cards that don't do anything. And if they stop doing that, it's going to be really, really tough. So we can expect this metagame percentage to uh-huh. keep increasing, assuming people listen to this uh, this champion of the standard metagame challenge
0: i also love that the the cards that you're taking out of this three color like greedy mana base are double black which is already good for them and then a colorless card and, and colorless, add a double yeah. blue card oh come on yeah. we're like none of their other <laughs> cards are double black?
1: quadruple black card.
0: <laughs> and you're like this is how yeah. you win you make it even harder <laughs> to cast your spells but it doesn't matter because you can still cast them on time we've realized that that's the strength of the deck um I love that. It's funny because I've been playing, like, i felt the opposite about regular or, or Bankbuster. So this is the card that Jeff hates and has talked about a lot and how much he hates regular Bankbuster. And it's in so many decks. I've been playing against it and with it a lot. And I don't use it nearly as much, like, I don't value it as highly as other people do, um, which may be to a fault of my own because I should probably be drawing cards off of it. But um,
1: people really will try to protect this card, like heavily oh yeah um people like make the whole game about this usually if my opponent plays this on two mm-hmm. i like breathe a sigh of relief because mm-hmm. i'm like i tend to play decks where it doesn't matter so it's like okay if that's your two drop like you're in a world of pain my friend um Because everything in your deck draws cards. Why do you put a card in that all it does is draw cards? That's what Mm -hmm. I don't really get. Um, True. true. Same with Shieldred. I actually played a match the other day where Shieldred was on the battlefield for my opponent for like eight turns. And I had an option to kill it at so many points. And I was just like, but it's not doing anything. I'm just (laughs) going to leave it. And I ended up winning that game. And I was just like, man, I'm just not... I'm not seeing what everyone else is seeing about this card. The thing was around for so long. And it was gaining two life a turn and i was losing two life a turn but that just didn't matter in the game um anyways those are thoughts that we've that i've expressed before that both of those cards are overrated and you should be at least exploring other options i think it's fair to say there are meta games where those cards are good and i think it's fair to say that based on some of the decks we'll talk about later those cards just aren't what it's about decks Mm -hmm. are either trying to kill you or go over the top of you like why are you still playing cards yeah. that are for mid-range slugfests, and they're not good, they're, they don't win the mirror either. So um, maybe, maybe Reckoner Bankbuster is good in the mirror, but everyone has so many abrades that I'm not even sure that's true. Like I think part of the person's point was cutting Reckoner Bankbuster leaves you with all these crappy abrades in your deck. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it that is true. The next deck we're going to talk about actually um, kind of goes into this. Which I want to talk about, which is, um, well, sorry, before we get into that, I did want to say that the Grixis mid-range decks did not perform extremely well in some of these yes, tournaments. Yes, that's
1: worth calling out.
0: Yeah. And so it, may, it has, there is that thing where like the best deck comes to a tournament, everyone knows it's the best deck where it's going to be played a lot. And so everyone has tools and plans to fight against it. And it tends to do poorly. And this happens often. So it's Grixis yeah. mid-range's time to kind of get the heat, which I love. And is great. And that's why we're calling it out first. Um, But one of the decks that I think does this is uh, Mono White Midrange. Because this deck, uh, like I was saying before, like things that you need to be doing to be combating this deck is like being able to survive when they play Invoke Despair. Because like Mono White, you're not playing any cards that stop it. Like one way is to try to counter it, which is what, it, they try to do in the mirror for Grixis is like counter their invoke. Um, in Mono White, you just have a bunch of like token makers and you play a bunch of different planeswalkers. So it's like the Eternal Wanderer and you're playing um, the Wandering Emperor and you're playing uh, Elspeth, as well as like um, a bunch of different enchantments that help it so when you sacrifice enchantments, it's not as backbreaking. So Restoration of a Ganjo, Wedding Announcement and Ossification. An ossification is the new one from this set. And specifically against this deck, it's good to ossify something that won't come back. So they're like, use an ossification on like one of their tokens or something, um, because then you can easily sacrifice it to Invoke Despair and keep your wedding announcement around without giving them a creature. Like, you don't really want to give them their shielded back or something like that which you don't really have to worry about because you have lay down arms because you're mono white. So you can just exile any other problematic shit, which is
1: awesome. Yeah. Lay down arms. Definitely the main reason for being mono white. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you might see them splashing. I don't know whatever color they think is best to splash, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, definitely lay down arms wants you to have all planes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, i love this deck i think it's i find it really charming my opponent plays like what is it loyal farmhand or ambitious
0: whatever? ambitious farmhand yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: ambitious farmhand i'm just it just brings a smile to my face every time it's some like you know competitive standard cue and i see that card because well, like,
0: oh, it's also funny because it's the first thing they do so it's like turn one planes <laughs> yeah. turn two planes ambitious farmhand get a planes and it's just exactly. so compared to like any of the other shit you could be doing on turn 2 it is such a cute yeah. little thing it, it warms um,
1: my heart yeah the deck i've been playing or a couple of the decks i've been playing which we'll get to later i'm pretty sure cannot lose to mono white midrange so <laughs> it's it's always warms my heart for that reason as well but uh, yeah yeah the farmhand makes me smile
0: yeah that's well it's just you know A two-mana one-one that makes sure you hit your land drops because you are planning to play like six-mana spells actually ends up being pretty
1: helpful. Um, And you're not cheating them. You're just literally just, I'm going to play a land every turn and then I'm going to eventually cast six-mana spells. Exactly. Um,
0: That do important things like the Eternal Wanderer. Um, But I did want to point out uh, Lauren of the Third Path which is the legend from um, The Brothers' War. And it's like the 3 mana two-one vigilance that when it enters, it destroys an artifact or enchantment, which ends mm-hmm. up being super helpful. And this is the card I always have in my hand whenever they turn to Reckon or Bankbuster. I'm like, oh, baby, I'm going to blow that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always feels so nice. And because they get so mad. Uh, at least I, in, in my mind, they oh, get yeah. mad. Obviously, I don't know because I don't see that. um, <laughs> So then, blowing up their bad cards. Um, really, it's super helpful. Like it's of course a creature, but it blows up their uh, Kiki Jiki, which is usually pretty huge. Um, in my mind, it's usually flipped at that point. But um, even hitting it so it doesn't, they don't get any more value is super helpful because they're just digging for a way to, you know, invoke despair. You.
1: Yeah, I uh, I love me a reclamation sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this is Always better. Have. Yeah, I think people activate that ability way too often. No, uh... yeah.
0: You shouldn't. It's funny because looking at it now, I always thought it costs mana, and I just forget that it doesn't. Um, yeah. And anytime I want to use it, they have a shielded out. And so then I'm
1: like, ah, well, uh, it's really bad. Right. I always love the proposition my opponent's making. It's like, oh, you think your cards are better than mine? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm willing to take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> I have three colors, you have just one. You probably don't have a higher card-for-card power level than me. But they are playing the best color, so... (laughs) So, (laughs)
0: Um, With all that being said, uh, this deck is uh, nice, but it's not really one of my favorites because it's um, much more... uh, I don't know. I've I've been in more situations where it's not doing everything I want to, but... um,
1: i like that it's a part of the metagame i not it's never a deck i would play personally it's just not really my style mm-hmm. but i really like enjoy that it's part of the metagame and is competitive um especially coming out off the like every deck is black mid-range soup mm-hmm. standard yeah. like, all right well we're still in mid-range soup but uh at least it's mono white like completely different from the What's the third color you should splash when in your red black deck? Yeah, exactly.
0: Not nearly as fun. Um, but with that being said, currently I'm in an event playing this deck, and it's like I'm two one, so I've kind of stopped playing it because I know I can't max out. And I, I know to...
1: that's the problem with events, especially when you lose the first game, man. Yeah. Oh. Now I'm just should fighting. Just
0: quit? I'm just fighting for
1: like some gems and packs. And you're like, yeah. I know I shouldn't quit, though. Mm. Obviously, I have to fight it out but my heart's just not in it anymore yeah um
0: but anyway there is a mono color deck that i am excited for um and have played a lot which is just mono red aggro just straight up aggro them out yes kill Finally. them on turn four before they can do anything um i like it it's back on the menu and it's nice yeah i know people haven't stopped playing this deck that's just because you like mono red I'm not someone who loves Mono Red, but I do love a lightning <laughs> fast deck. And yeah. uh, this one right now has been working. It's not the iteration that you had talked about uh, previously where you wanted to play like Koth and have yes. like, I saw one version early in the format that was like, they were playing the two meta Mountaineers. They're like zero fours that mm-hmm. when you get four mountains, it's a you four You mean Tarmogoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then Koth at the, at the top of their curve. Um, which felt different and was fine, but it was, it was just, it wasn't nearly as fast. Um, it was just a bit ch- chunkier, and you cared more about your creatures. Um, playing the super low to the ground, I'm going to attack you with a bunch of like one ones and two twos, and I'm going to throw them away. That's what this deck is, and it is
1: classic. Love it. Yeah. Um- I don't usually play Mono Red Aggro. There's some exceptions. I have played it. Um, there was one metagame where I, did, I was doing super well with it. So I just joined in like, that was the Ember Cleave Torbran days where it was like playing Mono Red was just like solving a math problem. You mm-hmm. were always sitting there like, I'm pretty sure I could kill them. But what is the sequence that does the like 18 damage I need to win mm-hmm. here? <laughs> um, that, was, that was pretty fun, but... I always love when that mono-red is a part of the metagame because I think Mm -hmm. it just keeps people honest. And I actually really like playing against mono-red because it's like, this game's going to be over in four turns. Everything I do really matters. Like, it's just a high-intensity, quick game, um, which I think is nice. You know, sometimes I want to play the 25-turn mid-range mirror match where you eke advantage out every single turn and the better player wins and sometimes i want to play the like every decision really matters and Mm -hmm. this game's going to be over in seven minutes tops Mm -hmm. like that would be a long game and uh let's just play it out and uh yeah so i love that monored is here i feel like i've been calling it forever every Mm -hmm. set that's come out since like Neon Dynasty. I'm like, oh, oh, better watch out. Mono Red might be a thing now. Yeah, you know, I was early, (laughs) but I wasn't wrong. (laughs) It's true,
0: and um, we had most of the pieces. This is kind of a deck that's like it's been built through the last um, the last set. Um, Had like Brothers War had a bunch of stuff though. uh, The deck list that is here, this is like an aggregate Mono Red aggregate list that uh, Watsi put together on Magic.gg. Um, which I have been playing but it's playing Thundering Raiju which is a card that you picked out back when we were doing Kamigawa oh. as one of your worth of slots I believe um so finally yeah finally getting there um just uh, got to give you the praise I do like that this list is playing um Furnace Punisher which is like that uncommon 3 mana 3/3 three, three with menace but your opponent it deals 2 damage to your opponent during their upkeep or sorry each player but it really means opponent um if they have fewer than two basic lands, which the, you know, it's funny because having it in the sideboard is perfect because there's a lot of like monocolor decks that it's obviously horrible with, but a lot of these like color soup, just like good stuff, um, whatever, invoked as bear decks that are playing three, four colors. Uh, it's uh-huh. uh, just, I just love having, <laughs> I love that kind of card could even be played. It's just so nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the card... So, you know, one of the cards that we've we were on about um and the reason it's like Neon Dynasty is when we started talking about Mono Red was uh Kamano faces Kakazan. I think everyone knows mm-hmm. now that card's like insane. Um mm-hmm. that's probably like the best card in the deck, or one of the best card in the decks. I know you've been playing it recently. Mm-hmm. Um the other card from uh Neon Dynasty that is not present that I at the time was like, yo, this is why Monored's going to be good, is Rabbit Battery. And I was just realizing, like, the reason is that everything in this fucking deck already has haste. So, Rabbit Battery is very useful for, like, if you're playing off-curve, you can give the creature haste and get advantage out of it. But everything has haste, so you don't need to. Yeah, so it Um, doesn't matter. The card that, that sticks out to me when I look at it, and I'm like, really? We can't do better is Phoenix Chick. I don't know if you've played you've been playing, I, Beck, right? So yeah. is, is Phoenix Chick good? Am I am I wrong about this? It looks so sus to me.
0: <laughs> so I like the Phoenix Chick because um, it tends to actually work pretty well with Kumano. Because if you get the situation where you have like a two like a two, two or three, three flyer in the air, um it's good because there are a lot of decks that just like don't block flyers and also have planeswalkers that like can't block a flyer. And so that ends up being helpful but the thing i like about it the most is that it's a great one mana play that like i don't care if it dies because i know i can bring it back at some point point. and just like the weight off of my mind is enough to play the card i think it's just like you know what I if, if you use a card on this i don't care and i will be able to i might bring it back at some point i might not have to um but the fact that they were going to use a card on it uh, feels good until I play against the deck that's randomly jamming like four main deck and the festivities or whatever it's like the one <laughs> mana of deal one to everything I'm like
1: oh gosh <laughs> okay uh, I uh, thought you were gonna say um what's the the like shock that exiles oh um, I'm playing that shit that's me that's, that's me who's main decking that's that. true that's true <laughs> um but
0: uh but overall like I was able to win an event with this deck, and and I like it a lot. So I think there might be some tweaks from this list, but I think most people say that. Um, A lot of people say you should play more Jayas, um, which uh, seems good, but for the most part, um, just, I don't know, not having a Planeswalker that gets sacrificed to Invoke Despair feels good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. I I mean, although if you are casting Invoke Despair... You're probably... They've lived too long.
0: (laughs) That's true, but sometimes they'll they'll do it thinking like, "Oh, this is the card I'm supposed to play and win," and then it's just like, "Well, I sacked a creature and lost four life, and you drew some cards, but you you can't play anything, and you're going to die next turn." So, right. But anyway, uh, this is one of the decks that I have been playing because I do like those lightning fast like games as well, and. um, Mm I love punishing greedy mana bases. It's one of my favorite things. And this is one of the ways to do it.
1: <laughs> Just yeah. take them out. And you already mentioned the Furnace Punisher. Literally, mm-hmm. that's what it. That's all it does. That's so what it, it does. <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah. I've been seeing a lot of these decks. Um, they tend to be the ones I expect to see the most. And if something comes... Something that is different, uh, then I'm a bit like, like, oh, that's cool. Just some off not offbeat but like more offbeat
1: deck um oh all right yeah uh, I've mostly dodged Mono red. actually I've barely played yeah. against it online.
0: yeah I had some in another deck later we'll talk about I had some interesting games with it because it was really difficult to maneuver the, the game around playing against um though I mean Jeff we should probably talk about it. The elephant in the room, and what's been the big buzz, and what a lot of people are talking about, um, is like any
1: Reanimator
0: deck playing Atraxa.
1: I was going to say, is this, a, is this a half court shot? I think play. it's,
0: yeah. yeah. It's not the deck we were, or it's the deck you were kind of putting together. It's not using the card I said that it might use um, because Reanimator <laughs> seems to be working a lot better than what I was going to do. Uh, my wave felt more fair. Um, yeah.
1: But. Um, yeah, so there's two attractive variants, really. There's black, ba- well, I guess there's kind of three. There's like the old school white based reanimator decks. I think those are mostly out of the meta. Yeah. Um, they were kind of popular for a, like a few days, maybe. Maybe even a week. Mm-hmm. But they've been pretty much replaced by. Essentially Rakdos based. Um, They're almost always Rakdos. Sometimes they're like Jund, and sometimes they're Mardu. Like the Mardu variant gives you the Angel that you can reanimate as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're not all in on Atraxa. Jund gives you just like better cards. Like you just get, you just kind of play a Jund mid range game that tries to reanimate stuff and Rakdos gives you better mana so those are like your three options but they all essentially do the same thing they take the red black mid-range shell and they throw in what is it cruelty of kicks is that what it's called yeah yeah cruelty of kicks Kicks. which is your reanimation spell and they try to reanimate atraxa and atraxa like the red black shell already plays so many ways to discard cards mm-hmm. like fable of the mirror breaker or blood tithe harvester or anything like that uh, sometimes you might have liliana kicking around like it's just you don't have to do any extra work to like do the usually reanimate is a two-step process how do i get the big fat creature into the yard and then how do i reanimate it the idea behind these decks is like yeah if we just slap atraxa in our black red mid-range decks we'll get her into the yard like we'll draw her at some point we'll discard her and there you go and then we'll just put in like a kind of mid-rangey card that happens to reanimate in mm-hmm. cruelty of gix as well and that's basically what these decks have going on okay yeah. i don't know
0: yeah i've i've played one um which is the the one i saw the most and the one i i i haven't seen a bunch of different ones but the ones I was actually seeing was, like, that Grixis one. Because um, you still have the... You're playing off-color triumphs, um, and then you're getting treasures from your um, Goblin Shaman, so then you can hard cast it, um, which happens a lot of the time because it just... Uh, for whatever reason, Arena has that thing where, like, you get, like, bad matchups for whatever deck you're playing. They just, like, know somehow. I don't know what it is, but, like... Yeah. You, you grab a new deck, and then the first game you play against is like your worst matchup and you're like what okay whatever um so i played against the the invoke despair grixis midranger lot which we have a lot of the same cards except for they have corpse appraiser which eats your graveyard and that ends up being really difficult to play against uh, so then you don't want to discard a Traxa until you're about to reanimate it but then they just have counter spells for you so um i ended up just having to Kind of just play a regular game of magic and forget the whole reanimate thing and just play a track if I ever could or side out the combo altogether and just play fair magic. Um, right, which uh ended up working fine because you know I was just treating it like a kind of regular combo deck. Um, but it's, a, it's one of the other weird things that you're talking about, Reckoner Bankbuster being a card that you don't want to play. And in the Atraxa shell, it is kind of nice because it draws you an extra card because you are looking for artifacts as something to take. So just when you play Atraxa, you end up just drawing another card that draws you cards. So I ended up actually enjoying having that.
1: Um, But yeah, Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. I feel like when you've drawn... Four cards, five cards off a track. So maybe you don't need the card that's going to draw you one extra card a turn for the next yeah. three turns, but...
0: or or just a four four. But uh, yeah, it's um, it like survives a board wipe. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it uh, it was a fun deck. It's definitely worth playing. Like it looks like a lot of fun, and it is fun when you actually get to do it. Um, but most of the time you don't win with a track. So you win with all the cards you drew off of a track.
1: So. So oh yeah for sure. Atraxa like Atraxa has no protection, right? Atraxas mm-hmm. you, like you're always, I feel like I'm always surprised, but it's just like go for the throat. Oh it worked. Oh it killed it, killed the the big bad seven drop. Yeah. Atraxa's like protection is that when she enters the battlefield, she draws you somewhere between three and five cards usually. Mm-hmm. Um so even if you kill my Atraxa, it's like I'm still way ahead. Um and the Atraxa decks did do quite well this weekend, um, especially in like the Japan-Korea one. They had good matchups almost across the board. Um, I think the idea, you know, you mentioned corpse appraiser. Yeah, the main deck graveyard I uh, hate sucks, but you can play you can outplay corpse appraiser because it's sorcery speed, like just hold the Atraxa until mm-hmm. you are sure you can uh, reanimate it. The card that's obviously harder is like, i am licensed hers, but then they have now sided in a card that is entirely for your sort of side piece game plan. Mm -hmm. I think the idea is you go over mid-range decks, and then if you're playing against an it should be better against aggro than typical mid-range, because Atraxa is something they often can't get off the board, like let's say mono-red and will gain seven life at some point. <laughs> now, if you're playing an aggro deck that doesn't care about life totals, um, it's, you know, hint, hint, mm-hmm. uh, this card looks a little less good. Um, I think for me, though, every time I play against this deck, it just feels—it feels like it's not quite there. Every time I play against it, I'm like... I feel like you're doing the half the mid-range game plan, and then half like you're half-assing both plans. Mm-hmm. And I can take always take advantage of that. Like, yeah,
0: it it feels stapled together a bit. There's a bit of a Frankenstein's right.
1: reanimated monster,
0: which is a Traxxas. It's just like, hey, look at this! Like if you look at the deck, and then you just take out two of the slots, like of the the four whatever, the the eight of the cards. So two different things. It just looks like a regular list. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, no, this actually attracts a list. Um, which yeah. I've, I've looked past many times looking at deck lists being like, oh, why is this? Why is this? Oh, it's a it. Oh, OK. Um, uh, there we go. There we go, yeah. So <laughs>
1: um,
0: there's like that whole thing. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I agree that it was very fun, but it didn't feel busted or great. And I think people are freaking out about like the card price spiking and being played in a bunch of different formats but uh, I think it's standard it is good rent of the-mill feels feels fun feels nice if they get to do the thing sweet but yeah but yeah that's, that's the thing um, Jeff, I think we have like time for one more deck before we go on our beer break.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say, we'll just shout out the other Mm -hmm. version, which is literally just like a five-color control deck that plays Atraxa. I've been even less impressed with that version. Like that's the one we were kind of brewing ourselves that you Mm -hmm. alluded to. Um I don't know. Every time I play against it, like that's it. That (laughs) your deck just doesn't have good enough cards. If I kill Atraxa, you you don't win. And then it's easy to kill a traxa. And mm-hmm. I only have to kill it like four times or something at, at most. So I don't know. I've been super unimpressed with those lists. Um, so I think it's fair to like, you know, I don't know how explicit we were about it. I forget, but you know, we were thinking of Grixis, mono white, and mono red as like our sort of tier one or our top tier heaviest played mm-hmm. slash best. Let's round out our our next tier. uh, Or we'll have to come up with, uh, you know, maybe this is our, what, diamond tier? Um, Yeah. uh, it's uh, Azorius. Yeah.
0: So um, Azorius Soldiers is the other deck we're going to talk about that has been around. I actually haven't seen a ton of it. And that's why I'm like less uh, excited by it. And it's also like, it was a deck I was really excited for when all the cards were coming out. Um didn't play a ton and then when I actually got to play it I was extremely like underwhelmed I think it just seemed mm-hmm. like okay like I don't know Thalia is annoying but then the rest everything else just like dies like it, I don't know Um and I like uh like aggressive deck that has counter spells all these things are things that I'm interested in but for for whatever. I think the 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 coolest thing about the deck was like um Denik ends up like hosing the Atraxa decks um which is fun but like <laughs> right. <laughs> but besides like Denick um a lot of the other cards just weren't really getting there for me. Um so I'm I'm kind of off it as far as like decks I want to play and playing against it. I tend to be like, okay, I think this is, this will be fine. I just need to get rid of a Thalia and then I'll be okay. Um, It's how it tends to feel for me. I don't know. What do you think about this deck? Yeah,
1: I think it's a deck that I feel similarly like I thought it was the the next big aggro deck for the format and I feel like it fell a bit flat. but still, it is good enough to compete. I think it's just a lot of people were expecting it to be top tier and and it was for maybe a few days or or maybe even longer than that, and my memory's just failing me. But like I feel like it never lived up to the hype or its its potential, really. And so mm-hmm. it netted out as just like a solid choice, but not the best choice necessarily. Um, I think it has really polarizing matchups,
0: yes. This is like a great best of one deck, so right, um, if you wanna play in the best of one thing, the next one that comes up, uh this could be a great choice, um,
1: but you could also play mono Red, so I don't know <laughs> like <laughs> like is it in the win rate matrix? yeah, it is, so um it has yeah, some really green matchups and some really red ones in the mm-hmm. events. Now it didn't show up in a huge sample, so all well, these are relatively low sample. But it looks like it beats the beats the crap out of mono white mid range, mm-hmm. um, then loses to mono red aggro pretty yeah. pretty bad. Um, so it's one of those like, if this is the deck you love, it's good enough you can play it. Like it's probably not tier one. but I think tier two is super reasonable place to put it. Mm-hmm. If you're one of those you know angle shooters um this could be like a, a tool in your back pocket oh, if, that's true. if mono white and mid-range starts to really take over or if mono red aggro's metagame share really starts to go away people are like you know not uh not playing the mono red this this could come in and just snipe the right metagame
0: mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's a good way of putting it yeah it could be because I get so down sometimes when I just like play a deck or like play against it. I'm like, oh, that was easy. Oh, that seemed cool at one point. Not anymore. I'm off it forever. I'm done. Yeah. Now I'm on mono red. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck this deck. Um, but no, you're right. Like, um, I mean, we haven't talked about my favorite deck yet, so we'll get to it in the <laughs> second. second portion of the uh, the episode. But um, yeah, I probably I don't see myself playing Azorius soldiers anytime soon and um not super stoked with the wild cards i used to build that deck so maybe that's another reason why i'm like my heart about it um, cuz that's one of those decks where it's like yeah you had to buy these for this specific deck and you cannot play another deck with these cards
1: yeah this um, is
0: yeah that's true things i don't think about when i talk about my um you know no pass list but maybe i should uh, start <laughs> thinking about uh, versatility versatility Good call is called yeah I just don't uh, don't come up with. But anyway, with that being said, Jeff, um, I'm going to finish this last bit of beer and then uh, we'll go on a beer break and be back with the rest of the decks. Right there with you.
1: This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener. But if you want to support the show even more, well, Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking the big old buy Jeff a beer button. Or the buy Zach
0: a beer button. So go to patreon.com slash arena regulars to vote on your favorite host.
1: Or if you'd rather send us beer emojis rather than real IRL beers, we take those too. You could do so at our Discord channel. The link should be in the show notes. That's right. It is in the show notes, Jeff. And I got another beer for you.
0: Um, This one. That's exciting, I've had this one for a while. This is from uh, a beer shop, you may remember that I bought another beer from that may have uh, exploded all over us. <laughs> so um, <laughs> this is, it's got some sweet art, but it's from um, the Little Beasts. It's their table say and it's called La, P- yeah, La Petite Duchess. As I am horrible at speaking foreign languages, I apologize everyone, as Jeff. Speaks French kind of. So I would say La Petite
1: Duchesse. Well, there you go. Duchesse. Anyway. Um, Might not it's... be right though. We didn't learn the word for Duchess in school. So I'm just okay. pronouncing it how I think it
0: would be pronounced. I was going to say, I think it's just Duchess because no one else <laughs> says Duchess. But also, to be fair, Americans screw up everything. Um, anyway, it's 4.5% and it's got this cool picture of like a, a goat elf demon soldier thing i don't really know is this maybe it's literally just like a what are those half goat half people people called satyr satyr yeah um man i can't believe you forgot that i'm Seder sorry
1: that's <laughs> card ever
0: uh anyway jeff you ready to crack into this this i absolutely am. all right here we go uh Ooh. I
1: love a good saison. We haven't had one in a long time. Um, They're not super easy to come by. They're not the most popular in this uh, region. region. like I know if you go to Quebec, they're everywhere because I think it's partly a French thing.
0: Oh, that makes sense. I guess literally the word. Um, This is also made in Whitby, Ontario, for those wanting to know. Um, Well, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm waiting for this to come down a little yeah, bit. Same, as same thing happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit uh, foamy. So um while I'm waiting for that to come down, we do have some more decks we're talking about. Um this is our next right. kind of bracket. And honestly these brackets are just kind of decks I've seen more often or less often as opposed
1: to like strong and weak. Um yeah i think of them at exactly that like metagame share but also not official just kind of how we feel. <laughs> Exactly, um, and I think the first one I actually want to talk
0: about is the Mono Blue Tempo deck because this deck has been around Ooh. for a while. This is not new by any means. Um, it just plays a bunch of like really cheap uh, counter spells and draw spells to get into your um, your gin, and so then all your spells cost less, and then it gets huge because you've played a bunch of instants and sorceries in your graveyard, and Maybe they also play Talarian Terror and attack their opponent to death in like two turns um, while making sure nothing they play sticks up to the battlefield. Um, it's also a deck I like a lot and have played. Um, so I do enjoy it, but this is the weird matchup. This is one of the weird matchups where I was like playing mono red and it's like, we're just kind of like one for one in each other and then like, Blue Suns Twilight is one of their finisher cards, and it, like, doesn't really work well with the Mono Red deck, but also at the same time, it's, like, it, even just, like, a 0-4 or 1-4 is, like, a problem <laughs> for their Mono Red deck because eventually you're, like, I can't really attack easily into this. Um, and that yeah. is just those ended up being really interesting weird games that I wasn't initially thinking were going to be in fun. I was, like... As, as the mono red player in this situation, I had to play it twice to get my last two wins were mono blue, <laughs> and
1: I was like, this is- Wow, twice in a row.
0: Yeah, it was like so weird. Um, I ended up um, being, I ended up taking it down, but they were really cool, interesting matches that weren't just like, they didn't end very quickly is what I'm saying, is like they were, mm-hmm. there was a lot of weird jockeying in a space that I wasn't familiar with, so it was quite fun. Um, but yeah, what do you think about this
1: deck? Yeah, a lot of people hate this deck, I'm sure, because uh, it has counter spells in it, and so <laughs> um, people aren't going to want to play against it. I've always been a bit underwhelmed when I play against this deck. It feels like you can really tell the draws that line up well that they go, you know, whatever filter my hand filter my hand drop a hottie gin and then counter everything you do for the rest of the game it's like okay i guess you win um but when they don't do exactly that like their game plan doesn't line up they just have so many cards that uh, the power level is just kind of low mm-hmm. now, i haven't really played against this deck in a long time it fell out of favor for a really long time and just recently kind of reemerged. And I haven't had the, uh, I've been fortunate enough to run into it twice in a row in many of my recent leagues. And so like, I'm looking at these even new Brothers War cards, like Flow of Knowledge and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the last time I played that deck, that that was a card. Mm-mm. So that looks like, you know, some significant upgrades to the deck. Um, I think in terms of All Will Be One, I, you already mentioned Blue Suns Twilight, but I think that's like the only thing. Uh, yeah um it, it does
0: like it, i don't know if it has like a great matchup and like the the um the win rates from this last weekend are fairly poor um
1: so yeah, uh, it didn't have the best weekend
0: no um but i do think like against uh grixis it has a nice fighting chance um you do have to you know they have a, so much removal so winning the game ends up being the difficult part is being able to, to keep your right. your wincon around, but keeping them from playing Invoke Despair is fairly possible. Obviously, your entire deck is built to stop that card, so um, yeah. that's good. <laughs> Probably smart for the Brixis player to just side it out. Um, but uh, overall, um, I don't think it plays super well into this metagame <laughs> uh, for kind of A lot of those reasons Um, especially if if uh, the decks i want to play are all like really cheap cards and so it's good to play against these decks
1: because you can play three spells in a turn they can only counter so many of them Um, and honestly like this deck spends the first few terms playing like consider uh, mm. stuff like that it's relying on keeping you off your game with like fading hope which is Pretty freaking bad against like mono red, or it's mm-hmm. bad in, against a lot of the low to the ground decks. Um, and obviously, like Thalia is a huge problem for this deck. So, um, if you're on the draw against Thalia, I just don't know what you do. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't fading hope it on instance, so you have to untap and spend two mana to fading hope it, and then they just replay uh, it. And you and you're not going to be able it. to counter it because it's, mm-hmm. it's too fast. Um, so that that seems like a big question mark for me. One thing I wanted to talk about was this deck did pretty well. Well, OK, not overall, but one player did very well with this deck. They top aided the uh, Japan-Korea regionals, um, Keisuke Naitu. And they had some pretty specific choices that I was curious about um, for Delver. Uh, most okay. good yeah. lists I've seen don't run Delver anymore. Um, so I was surprised that Delver, one Telerian Terror. This hmm. one. Uh, and then he's playing 22 Island as their lands. Uh, no Ottawa, hmm. And it's for, it's gotta be for flow of knowledge. That's the only yeah. thing that I can see where it is like, wow, is that? I could see it, I guess, if you're playing for flow of knowledge. It's surprising to, to draw. me that that's better than having, like, even one or two auto yeah. Or, like, an, a, you know, another utility land? No, just 22 islands. I guess... Kinda, yeah. I kind of dig it. Because, like, if all
0: your cards, like, draw cards and bounce creatures and counter-creatures, then not having that in your deck can play less lands? I don't know. That is interesting. I kind of like I well I like that someone top aided with that deck where nowadays if a deck is playing anything that if, if you're playing the color that you could play one of those lands you're gonna
1: play it like o- exactly. almost all yeah, of them um, besides some of the refreshing to see a mana base that just says twenty two island you literally just never see that anymore yeah
0: yeah it's because it's not even it's playing, not literally like,
1: if you're seeing it right
0: now yeah but it's not playing like Mishri, Mishra's foundry or or nope. anything crazy i like that yeah uh,
1: that makes me happy um, um, this person only lost in i believe the quarterfinals to the eventual winner of the entire event who we'll touch mm-hmm. on a little later
0: yes we're really bearing the lead on this one because i feel like at this point you've <laughs> got to know what the deck is uh but the we people do... who already know are just like oh my god oh my god it's... yeah yeah <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> but we do have at least one more deck we're going to talk about before that um i wanted to get your take on WotC's like aggregate Jund midrange deck because I haven't seen a lot of Jund. And okay. um, it's it's an, it's similar to, it's like basically the same game plan as the Grixis deck, the Grixis midrange, except for they're just playing obviously green cards instead of the blue ones. And they're still doing the Invoke Despair plan with all the normal people with Fable and blah, blah, blah. But they um, have been playing some like Tyvar Jubilant Brawler, uh, which I know you have your eye on and you've been working around with. So, have you tried? Oh, well, we're gonna talk about Tybar. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, have you seen this Jun deck around at all, or does it? Because to me, this deck looks like just a worse version of the Grixis deck. Because, like, the mirrors tear like not the mirrors terrible, but like if you're playing a having counter spells is just so much better than all the green cards you put in your deck me um glissa sun slayer is a card um and is definitely annoying as hell um but i think i if i'm doing the invoke despair thing i just rather have counter spells i think
1: yeah so this deck is pretty similar to what i've been seeing Mm -hmm. um i would say like this particular list that Watsy's put together is a pretty bad list. Um, I think even more, even more than the Grixis deck, you're not super interested in Shieldred in this deck. I think that's just like, people are just porting over Grixis, cutting blue cards and adding green cards Mm -hmm. without thinking too much about it. You got to cut those Shieldreds. And I think you want to be a little more all in on, you know, I would play three Tybar, probably not. Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would also, you know, my version doesn't run Bankbuster. <laughs> yeah, of course. But I think okay, you're fine fine if you want to run, run bankbuster here. I think the idea here is that it's actually better, Grixis, in a lot of matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, the head to head, not sure. Um, but basically like The idea being that you have better interaction against Atraxa decks with Armored Scrap Gorger. You can tap it at any point to uh, just as your four main deck options to get rid of something from a graveyard. Um, That's true. And Glissa is kind of like just better a better three drop than Corpse Appraiser. Like, Corpse Appraiser is kind of underwhelming. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's good when you have it and then you have a copy it a bunch of times and shit like that it's like okay fine if you're living the dream then corpse appraiser looks really good but there's so many times when my opponent just plays a three three for three and i'm like oh nice this is the best deck in the format give me a break yeah Um, i mean it won like the world championship but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's that's, that's... i just don't think i think corpse appraiser is like fine but it's not the reason Grixis is good, you know? So it's it's to true, me it's not like an untouchable. Um, and I think is sort of undeniably just a much better three drop than Corpse Appraiser. Yes, um, I, that's definitely true.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm definitely, sorry, I'm not saying the Corpse Appraiser is better than Glissa. That's for sure not true. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: I know. Like, it's different, right? Corpse Appraiser gets its money on the way in and Glissa has to stick around. Mm-hmm. But it's like the upside on Glissa is, is crazy if it does stick around, and then unleash the inferno. You know this card's been in and out of the meta game for a while because sometimes it just it just blows everything up. It's a really mm-hmm. like clean answer to Fable. Um, yeah, but yeah, ultimately it, these are pretty similar decks. It also deals seven, which kills a trixo, So, um... yeah, I think the main draw to this deck and is why I would focus on it more than this list does mm-hmm. is like the Tyvar of blood tithe harvester stuff is crazy like i don't know if you've had the had to play against it i've played with it a ton mm-hmm. it's ridiculous like it is super i've killed so many Atraxas with blood tithe harvester mm-hmm. it's just that just happens all the time like you, it's so easy to because you do the two then three thing mm-hmm. right or like the um like one and two unfortunately is not quite enough to kill atraxa but it kills most things meaning like if you have a blood tithe harvester and a Tyvar, you sack the, f- the harvester and then bring it back and sack it again that's minus six minus six um so it doesn't quite get atraxa but if you had any uh, token from anywhere you get you get the atraxa uh, yeah and then like uh fable sorry to ju- to interrupt just jumping in there mm-hmm it's so common that the turn your fable flips, you just slap Tyvar down and you have the extra mana to activate the uh, reflection right away. Ooh. And it's just like that those three cards together are just such an awesome little shell that I think Jund will be a big player moving forward. People just have to figure out what's the best way to play this like ridiculous, th- these ridiculous three cards. Yeah. Um, and Fable is already the best card in the format, so it's like, it's not like you're playing bad cards to enable this. And Armored Scrapgorger is also kind of ridiculous with Tyvar. If if Invoked of Spare were a problem to cast, mm-hmm. that this would make it not a problem, because you get two black mana out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean... I haven't seen a ton of Tyvar, so it's really fun to hear these kinds of antic stories because I haven't—I literally have not seen the Blood Tithe Harvester thing. Where like late in the game, sometimes Blood Tithe Harvester isn't like the best top deck, but in this deck, mm-hmm. it totally can be because you're oh, just yeah. killing either one big thing or a bunch of little stuff
1: um, and doing it over and over. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, you know, Tyvar can't do it right away. But if you mm-hmm. just have one sitting around with a couple that you've activated once, and you're threatening to do it again. Um, and then with Fable, like you get some nutty stuff because the Fable comes down, does it right away, hits the blood tithe harvester, then you sack both harvesters, bring back the harvester again. You can yeah. kill everything pretty much. Yeah, that's true. But that's my big tip for players is stop playing your t- see people just slap their tie var down the turn before the mm-hmm. fable is going to flip and it's like well now i'm going to kill that Tyvar because i know your fable is going to flip and have haste like mm-hmm. i'm absolutely not allowing
0: that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the point is that i don't expect it because i always know when right. the fable flips i have a turn before they're going to use it um nice people okay. have that
1: like built in like i yeah. have one turn to react to fable flipping mm-hmm. and the Tyvar. you can always see them just like the pause the arena pause where they're like i had a I had a plan for that flipped fable but i tapped out because i knew it wasn't this turn and mm-hmm. now i feel like a dummy that's like, all right yeah that's right <laughs> all right okay
0: maybe i'm sleeping a little bit on this jun deck i just haven't seen it at all like i haven't seen Tiber on the battlefield besides i i've seen glissa but like besides that i just haven't seen any of this shenanigans so me just looking at a list does not uh well, also because it's like super fun. I've super I've mainly played Tyvar in Limited, so his first static ability means nothing to me. So knowing okay. that it well, actually is relevant, about. that's that's pretty yeah. nice. I like that. Okay, all right. Um I mean, since we're on the subject, do we want to go into some spicy things or should we save your spicy things? Because I know you got some. Oh no, we can we can talk about them. Just because no. we're just, well, I, we are going to do it in the opposite order, and we're going to talk about the my favorite yeah, yeah. deck first. But like, since we're already like in this world, let's just see what uh, what's happening. Because this, ladies and gentlemen, is brand new to me. Um, I do not know <laughs> what's
1: uh, what's going on. Yeah it's so funny because you you know the tie bar interactions i'm like that's all i've been playing pretty much yeah so it's like <laughs> what do you mean you don't know the tie bar interaction <laughs> yeah <laughs> he basically comes down and then you just kill everything that they have and probably attack them for like five or six and make a few treasure tokens it's just what he does mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah so the deck that i've been playing the most and i've been having so much fun with this all right and it was inspired. Okay, it was inspired by the people that took just took red, black, mid-range lists and just slapped Atraxa in them. So so I'm playing Jund Anvil Atraxa. <laughs> um, <laughs> the green cards are just Tyvar and Scrapgorger. Um, I did have the what's the Seder Wayfinder wannabe? I had him. Mm-hmm. in... Eventually, cut them. Yeah. Uh, just wasn't quite good enough. But it's basically just Red Black Anvil. So it has all the cards you know from Red Black Anvil. Mm-hmm. Tyvar, because it's so good with the Blood Tithe Harvester and the Scrap Gorger. Um, and then we are playing Liliana's as well. But then we we're playing just three Atraxa and uh, the the card we're using to animate it is the Vat. So there's a Vat that whenever you... <laughs> I don't even know the name of the card, actually. Wait, uh, is it a new one? <laughs> Wait, I love
0: this. Oh, yeah, um, it's All Will Be One. Vat. I'm just typing it Vat of in... Rebirth. Okay.
1: Vat of Rebirth. Yeah. Okay, so this is a one-mana artifact. And whenever an artifact or creature is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, it gets an oil counter. Mm-hmm. and you can remove foil four oil counters to reanimate something and pay three mana mm-hmm. so um what i realized about this card when playing it in limited and deciding it's not good in limited you shouldn't play it it's really bad um, yeah but what i did realize later was that um like treasure tokens sacking oh. um uh, Blood Tokens, they all put counters on this. So it's pretty easy to get this to four, actually, in the Anvil deck. Um, it, it's pretty common that it has zero on it, and you untap and you just easily put four on it and reanimate a Um
0: Yeah, because even sacrificing a Blood Token to put a Atraxa in the bin gives it... Yes.
1: Oh, gosh. That's awesome. Oh, that's And then fun. you attack with your 2-2. You make a treasure. They're often dumb enough to block and then mm-hmm. you get the oil from that and then like they kill your two two. <laughs> and then you're like okay sack my blood token and reanimate a traxa so thanks for blocking <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah it's pretty trivial to get four counters on this and often it's like i have nine counters on this or something yeah so you can just there. do it whenever you I want. already have a traxa in place so i'm just like yeah. i don't know so reanimate a blood tie there mister um <laughs> what's awesome about this though is if they kill atraxa they're just not out of it i'm just bringing it back next turn mm-hmm. like you can't just get out of like the other reanimator decks they have four reanimation spells in the whole deck they have four a Atra- if you kill atraxa enough times <laughs> you just don't ever actually have to deal with it oh combat. my god you just don't you don't get out from under it this this one <laughs> oh Oh. Um, and I like that it's, an, it's basically an aggro deck. Yeah. It's like an aggro combo deck. And so it's super fun because nobody's expecting it either. Oh my God. I love when you win game one with just the anvil plan. Mm-hmm. And then you come into game two and they see you discard a track set. It's like, what? What? Did they sideboard that in? Like, <laughs> what, what is this game plan? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: That's so funny. Wait i i love that okay you
1: have to post that in the discord so i can oh, get the, yeah i can yeah, yeah um i've done so many four win runs with this list but i keep uh, like getting screwed and it's like 4-0 and then i just lose the last one that's happened so many times um but yeah the other thing i'll say is Atraxa is just incredible in the list because we have planeswalkers we have artifacts we have creatures we have yeah. sorceries we have instants we have lance the only thing we don't have is battles yeah, well, soon we'll figure out what a battle is. <laughs> really, like, reanimated tracks that get back, like, um, <laughs> I'm blanking on names here, but the new, like, sack an artifact to destroy a creature. Um, that card's really good because you can sack an artifact, and mm-hmm. usually you have to sack a creature. Um, get back one of those, you get back, you get a Fable of the Mirror Breaker, you get, like, a Liliana of the Veil, you get a Blood Tithe Harvester, you get, oh. like, a land get a you know the best land ever besage you like you're just you're just laughing just, <laughs> come on man all right <laughs> best land ever
0: um uh, yeah. should we just have an episode oh, yeah. about all the best lands and then like i just leave that off the list <laughs> that's um, right. no that's awesome um, yeah, so it's been super fun that's that's that is not I didn't think Attraxa was part of your game plan at all. And I did not think that oh, you yeah. could play an unplayable uncommon from Atraxen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Hey, come on, man. Playing like uncommons that weren't even good in draft is my thing.
0: It's true. <laughs> that's true. And still drafting People them. People are I'm like, s- what
1: card is that?
0: Is that, yeah. is that in a set? What we didn't it? even know what <laughs> it was called before at this moment. That's yeah. crazy. Um, that's so funny. Okay. I love that. That's, that's exact. So I think my new idea of what like a deck I want to be is like a, like a low to the ground aggro combo deck It's like basically yeah, what you're funny. describing exactly what I'm into because my favorite deck is of course the deck I've been talking about forever or the last <laughs> what, since the set was coming out is the Celestia Toxic deck. Everybody knows this Surprise. deck. It's not surprising. It won a regional championship uh, piloted by Ray Sato. So congratulations, Ray. That's fantastic. He's it means into... very little, by the way. The, the deck could be awful and that could still happen. That's very true. His list was also crazy and not what I was playing at all. He was playing like, um, like I don't know, the Slaughter Singers and the um, the Exile Creature, but the main one that was like, I wasn't, Familiar with, it, or not familiar with, the card I didn't think anyone would be playing <laughs> in standard, and definitely not win a regional championship with, was Charge of Mites, which is like the three meta
1: draft all star, but like it just the start of the format. I didn't even think it was good in draft, and then it slowly like had to creep up my lap. I guess you are like oh, I, this might I, be like the West best way comment.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe maybe you're right. It's it, it's really good. I don't know if it's it is a for sure all star, but you are going to see it, and it's going to be good um it's just not amazing but the f- he's played three copies in his deck and he played Butters. four copies of Mirex. four <laughs> like i played like the deck that is on the aggregate one has one copy of Mirex, and then i added one as like my extra land to you're, add to the deck risque because <laughs> i really liked Mirex. it's it's super helpful in like any sort of attrition decks where you're like i just need free stuff because the deck sometimes just just runs out of gas and you have you need to do things um, yeah so ha- making sure to they can't attack because you play one one threats which are actually two one threats and all the things you're saying with like getting life with the doesn't matter because your life total doesn't matter and I just care about mm-hmm. poison though every once in a while you obliterate them with like a double striker because you're playing the duelist and they just like stopped looking at their life total. They just looked at their poison and they're like, oh, I'm only gonna get two poison counters. So I'm like, I just dealt like it's a six-six double strike that I'm attacking you with. Like <laughs> <laughs> 12 damage. I still <laughs> like killed you. So um but so that's obviously the aggro part and then the combo part is when someone uh namely like these Grixis decks try to attrition out your venerated rot priests. But you have two on the battlefield, so you're like, they're like, okay, kill one of them. I was like, all right, protect it. That's four counters, yes. and then they're like, all right, <laughs> kill the other one. I'm like, protect it. That's eight counters, and they're like, you're all deck. right, you're dead. <laughs> and like, I've in a in a one turn cycle, I've been able to like go from zero to ten poison without attacking. It's just like, and it just happens. Um, so I think agro combo is like. The name of the game, like I'm where it's at in love with them. Uh, I've trophied twice with different toxic lists. Uh, I love them so. Uh, I definitely want to play your deck. But, um, if I was going into a tournament this weekend, I think toxic is 100% what I'd be playing. And I also think that people will be looking at Race Sato's list and probably trying that if they're interested at all. And looking at some of the numbers, like Toxic does look good. Um, there are a bunch of ways to combat that, though. I think Mirex is one of the biggest ones. Like if people are some of these lists, like I was saying before, play one. I think if people start targeting a toxic strategy. Which the things they can kind of do is like wipe the board a bunch, or uh, play the um, uh, what's her face the three two mana three three that uh, makes it so you can't have more than one poison counter Malira. Those so are the kind of plays that though like other
1: toxic decks is sideboard deck as
0: like. a sideboard one. There was yeah because no one's playing green besides this deck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like I guess like some John stuff but um, John yeah. Um, but, yeah, I say this is a sweet deck, and it's definitely really good. and just make sure you're heavy on your protection spells because those are the ones that win you the game. Um, and there's a bunch of cool sideboard options and stuff, like deciding that you're gonna kill your opponent with damage instead of like in certain matchups. Just be like, all right, I'm not going to kill them with toxic, so I'm going to take out a bunch of toxic creatures and play my wedding announcements or um, uh, switch out different things for my destroy evils or like put in my wandering emperors. And they just, they're just focused on something else, just like juking your opponent in those different ways. And then in the third game, putting all the toxic stuff back and like coming at them. uh, That has been a ton of fun for me. Sideboarding decisions galore. I love it. as, as someone who is not good at sideboarding, uh, I don't I still don't think I'm good at sideboarding, but I've been having fun sideboarding, which normally it just feels that's like the a first chore. step. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't like sideboarding, I think that playing a toxic deck and switching up your strategies might be a good way to get into it because that's made me more excited. Now, is that a good strategy? I don't really know, but it's been working for me and I've liked it. So There you
1: go take everything yeah, i say i love, say the I green love like transformational sideboards always this is i don't know if this is quite there but it's like simple. definitely not um
0: spirit yes yeah, I, I think the, <laughs> the more transformative is like taking the combo out of the deck then bringing it back in reed duke yeah. knows it more than anyone but
1: um <laughs> reed uh, duke yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I looked at this list from Bray Sata. And I'm just like, man, that's like a pretty solid limited deck. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> pretty. Hey. I'm looking at it. Like, every non-land card of the main deck is from All Be One. Every mm-hmm. single one. Yeah. Um,
0: the only. It. I
1: think yeah. that's super
0: cool. Like the cards that aren't from All Be One is like Homestead Courage, which is probably at its best in this deck. Um, just because like, like not even playing that. Which I think, to me, is is nuts. I think you should keep the. Well, no, because he's a pro player. So why would I? I think I like Homestead Courage. Um, in this, no charge of the mites. <laughs> but charge of the mites. To... Sorry, you could target your own creature. I think with charge of the mites, but you shouldn't. <laughs> I think he was really, really high on go wide and attack, like just attack okay. all. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. That's like, you know, get rid of your blockers
1: attack with a lot of little ones as opposed to yeah, I wonder op- if it was like a way around atraxa. Like he knew atraxa would be there, and it's like. let's just let's just make sure we just go around it. That's mm-hmm. that's how we beat those attacks. yeah.
0: plus, invoke if you're playing if you're putting too much too many card slots to protect your venerated rot priest. Invoke doesn't care, and just makes you sack mm-hmm. it, as well as Liliana, which isn't as dominant but still happens. Um, that's true, I guess. Just having a just having two venerated rot priests and like top taking a homestead courage is just like oh, boom, boom. So I win. So I win. <laughs> it just feels so good. Though, to be fair, yeah, uh, this is more towards the aggro side and a little yeah, less towards the combo side. The combo side, which I like the combo a lot. It also reminds me of like auras in a, in a fun way where it's like, you know, it, you just win out of nowhere because of your protection mm-hmm. spells and uh, different things. So yeah, It has a bit of that vibe going on. Yeah, which I like that, but I also understand that it maybe is not the best, but
1: whatever. I think I'm interested to see if moving forward, like I wonder if Ray won this deck, won this tournament in part because people weren't, not that Celestia Toxic was an unknown quantity, it certainly was known. It's just not respected. It wasn't like, respected, and now I wonder if like, all right, people are going to start preparing for it a little more. You're going to see more brotherhoods, and you're going to see more mm. cut downs, and um, in the uh, wonder if Maybe. the deck could still. Can still hold it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scrutiny.
0: Yeah, so the one thing with Brotherhood's End is that then you really want to protect your um, bloated contaminations because obviously those survive. Or right. making sure in the list I was playing, putting your homestead courage's on one creature to make sure that it had four toughness. Um, mm-hmm. So, but. Overall, this deck playing against mono red was really interesting because the dichotomy between Skrells Hive being your best card if they're corrupted, but being your worst enemy if you're not corrupted was really yeah. interesting. So like I love that design of Skrells Hive. Mm-hmm. Cause cause like in if I am on the play, it ends up being like one of the best cards because they can't deal with it. And I'm, there's just no way they're gonna race me. And if I'm on the draw, it ends up being horrible because, <laughs> like, it can be the difference between like the three turns. It's that lose I you a few life. Yeah. yeah, it'll be like a whole card in their hand. You know, like even if it just deals two damage, that's just one card that they didn't have to draw. So, mm-hmm.
1: anyway, it's yeah, that's super fun. I guess you probably take them out on the draw.
0: I would keep.
1: I would usually side out
0: two because drawing multiples is horrible. Um, yeah. but being able to have them already corrupted and slam it and then attack was really, really That's important. True, yeah. Um, but not wanting to play it on turn two is huge. Being like, I don't want gotcha. this as a two drop. I want this as a my my late game, late game, my turn four. <laughs> <laughs> That's late. Yeah. Yeah. So last turn of the game. But anyway, that's um that has been my standard world, mostly toxic and aggro, um, which is great. Love it. And Jeff, again, um, well, two things. Give me your list, and I want it well, what stage is it in, first of all? Because we haven't really like, do you know you want more work on
1: it or I'm pretty happy with Is the it? main deck. The mm-hmm. sideboard's kind of jank that I've just oh, thrown yeah. together. That sort of works. <laughs> As always.
0: Um, do you, I don't want to put you on the spot because I always do this, but <laughs> do you have a name that you've been thinking in your mind? For oh, your no. Day? That's the problem. I don't. I'm just, it's just called like Anvil Atraxa. Yeah. My, uh... Well, that's what it would be called in a tournament, so that's probably good enough. But I will say, <laughs> listeners out there, If you're interested in this deck, it's gonna be posted in our Discord. So you have to come find our Discord in the show notes. And then if you can help Jeff name the deck, that would probably be pretty great. I think sounds great. I would love that. Yeah. Because naming the deck's the hardest part, right, Jeff?
1: It's not building it or
0: (laughs) testing it or most important, you know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I usually reserve name, you know, names for decks that I that have made it through the process, you know, like yeah, played it a bunch, I still like it, and I think it's pretty good that I like, get mm-hmm. a name so I think this is right at around naming stage for this okay. track perfect, well, there we go um I just want to
0: play it first. actually, you know what would be really <laughs> fun if I was playing against it somehow and I was like, wait 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 no, yeah. no, no he's, he's gonna play a track so i if they turn one vat, I know that the tracks is coming. Um, yeah, exactly. That's it's got to be a track It's got to be a trash. Uh, love it. Uh, but anyway, Jeff, do you have any final thoughts
1: before we move on to last call? I think overall I, I'm relatively happy with standard right now. It's been fun. Mm. Um there is a you know, playing against this mid-range over and over again can get tiring. Um and that does happen. Sometimes you jump into an event and its first three opponents are grixis um, because you know it has pretty close to one third metagame share i think that's going to start to change a little bit i actually don't think the grixis deck is that good like it's good i think people are just more frustrated from it being the same thing more than Mm -hmm. anything yeah i think as far as best decks in the format go we've seen a lot worse than standard of like decks where you just don't have a chance to compete with anything Mm -hmm. else. And this isn't that, like this deck can be beaten, can be beaten by Bruise. It can be beaten by other meta decks, like there are decks it's bad against. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think a lot of people like to complain, obviously. Would I like to see Fable go to open up some more space? Probably, even though I love the card. But overall, I think we're in a pretty fun uh, standard format.
0: Yeah, Uh, I definitely agree with you. I think standard has been super healthy uh, and the wide variety of decks I'm playing even I mean Grixis aside um, mm-hmm. has been great and all of them seem pretty interesting and fun so uh, yeah I kind of came into this week prepping for standard being like oh, I don't know we'll see if this is like exciting and it became extremely exciting I was winning yeah so that was probably a big <laughs> reason why it's <That's laughs> a drives it, yeah. yeah but um it has made me excited for more decks I could play in standard and really put focus into it. So that's not what I was expecting. I was expecting to be uh, a complaining
1: little whiny bitch about it actually. <laughs> so
0: I'm happy I didn't have to be. And, that's
1: great. And it's cool that you can win with a deck that is entirely cards from the new set. That's always yeah. fun.
0: Yeah, which almost never happens. Remember Party? Yeah. that.
1: Uh... No, I don't. <laughs> it was never a thing. Anyway, Jeff. Even like werewolves, you know, like had some promise, but just that just didn't happen. Yeah.
0: It was only good in alchemy and then
1: meh, yeah. whatever. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: So um, that's the whole thing. Alchemy, um, I mean. I forgot about alchemy. Yeah, yeah. More on that uh, next week. Um, but anyway, Jeff, let us go to last call and let's rate the beers we had this evening as I show off the beer I had. I'm drinking it. Hmm. Um, All right, so as always, we rate our beers on a scale of Bronze to Mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Um, But this has nothing to do with whichever tier you are in currently. Everyone is in different tiers at different times, and it's just a fun way to rate beers. However, with that being said, Bronze beers are trash. They are horrible. You cannot drink them. You have to pour them down the drain. They are so toxic. (laughs) Toxic is trash? Is that what you said? Uh, I mean, somehow that came out, and I didn't really mean it to be that way, but uh, uh,
1: whatever. Keep going. Uh, that's too bad. Uh, silver <laughs> beers. These are Basically, they're uninteresting. Uh, macro brews tend to fall into this category. Um, gold
0: beers are fine, but you wouldn't um, really think about them again or drink them very often.
1: But yeah, they were fine when you had them. And platinum is rock solid. You will drink these again. Mm-hmm.
0: diamond beers are exceptional you like these a lot
1: and you bring them to parties to show to your friends and mythic these are the best of the best your favorite beers the atraxes of the beers you know just the best <laughs> the atraxes of the beers i like that i like that um
0: all righty jeff uh we got two in front of us right here um hopefully i can figure out what i want but i think i know i think i know as well cool I have mine in my hand. Okay, and as do I. Here we go. Three, two, one. La petite Duchesse. <laughs> the table say because I didn't want to <laughs> have to say the name again. Um, I should have just let,
1: like wait and see what you said.
0: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you didn't. Uh, so we picked the same beer, which is Little Beast's table saison. Um Yeah, I like this a lot.
1: This is great. I like it.
0: Yeah. It's been sitting in my fridge for a while. And with like the label is is the classic like silver can with just a sticker on it. So it feels very I love like a new look too. brewery look. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, as opposed to the ones that go all the way around, as I'm showing you, um, they're, they're these types, which are actually not my favorite type of label. But anyway... Sometimes I don't like them either. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like uh, these silver sticker ones are like fantastic, but they also some t- like they can give off like new brewery
1: mm, might be not super great.
0: So it's it is kind of dicey, but this one's really nice. I like saison is not always my favorite varietal, and I I don't know. I really like this style.
1: Uh, and this beer what are your thoughts yeah uh i really like it um those who don't know saison tends to be like fruity and uh, it's kind of like an ale that's kind of fruity but instead of being fruity in the more sour way or like the more um traditional thing you think of with a fruity beer it's just the yeast so it just has this like farmhouse yeast that you ferment tends to ferment really hot uh and just produce these like fruity esters so it's kind of like an ale with a bit of a funk to it and Mm. has that just a little sweetness when a saison is done right that balance is just perfect just kind of like um you know i like them a lot because for me it's like what i want fruity beer to be Mm -hmm. you know when we talk about sours i like the ones that are beer forward and then juice secondary and saisons are kind of that, but built in. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a beer, but it has those like sweet kicks and the fruitiness just from the type of yeast they used. Um, yeah, and the yeast tends to be a little bit wild, so there's always all all also, excuse me, some like very slight like sour vibes that come in as well. Um, and this one does that really well. I think this is just yeah. what I'm looking for from a, a saison. It's so, <laughs> not like doing anything that i haven't really tasted before it's just it's doing something that i don't get to taste often and really like and did it well yeah i i think that's what i feel
0: also and in general with songs, they have been a bit funkier to me or um not giving me as much of the, the sweetness that i've liked so this one being like a low percentage like really, really drinkable, but have so much character to it. Mm-hmm. Like, when do you get to drink like a four point five percent that is like very complex? Like, this has a lot of go. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on it, going on in it. Holy shit! Um, is
1: it really four and a half percent? I, I both yeah. now stumbled over <laughs> So,
0: but yeah, this this surprised me a bit because I I was worried about it and I think that this brewery has jumped onto my list of like I haven't tried any of their stuff besides this and I want more of it and I'm very excited Same. by this and um yeah I don't know <laughs> with that like I don't know if I'm in a giving mood tonight but that makes me immediately <laughs> feel like this is diamond
1: because like I was going to give this bronze I mean uh, diamond <laughs>
0: Because like I immediately well like if I see this and no one's seen this beer, or t- to me, I don't know anyone who has as some of these other ones that usually are like more familiar, um yeah, i like point to this, drink this beer, uh, go to their brewery, try the other ones, tell me what they are, or um and which ones you
1: like, but uh absolutely, yeah, yeah. little beasts on my radar like it, I think for me, the fact that like yeah just what you said after trying this, I now want to go try everything else that Little Beast has. I think for me that it could be like a way to describe Diamond. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, which our rating system, if you've seen throughout the episodes, tends to be <laughs> not always specifically about the beer, but the feelings it gives you. Um, it's about beer, so it's fluid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, diamonds for our okay. Seysol, but our amber Ale. That we are kind of high on coming in hawk Mm -hmm. um i obviously know my thoughts so i want to hear yours first about this um how did you feel about this uh this amber
1: i i feel like i sort of hyped myself on it and then it didn't meet those expectations i guess like I just really love ambers. So every time I have an amber, I'm like, oh, I love ambers. This is going to be something that I love. And I tried it and I was like, it's okay. It's not bad. Um, It is an amber. Like, it's not like I was lied to, you know, that they didn't, I didn't pour it into my cup and it was the wrong color Uh, or like it's a lager or something. It is what it says. It's malty balanced. You get a bit of caramel. I don't know. I just didn't. Love it. I wanted it to be more, maybe maltier. I wanted it to be more, uh, just more. Yeah, Um, that's exactly
0: how I felt too. Um, And this is also the I've had this one before. I tried one when I was there, and already had decided I was bringing it back. And uh, at that point, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." I hyped myself up on it, and then tried it, and it felt like, "Okay, yeah, this is an amber. It's not my favorite," and I'm not extremely interested to try the rest of their stuff. Um I probably obviously I don't get to see it very often, so I probably would if it was around. With right. the caveat of thinking, is this gonna be what I think? Which is I don't think it's my favorite. I don't know. It's it's really hard with we're gonna, was, we're
1: gonna hype ourselves the wrong way. We're gonna try the next yeah, time. And then cocktail come thing, back. Like yeah. A,
0: yeah. And then I you try it. Yeah, it was and, so good. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, that there could be the ebb and flow with that. So overall, though, like this is probably a this is a gold, like yeah, it's gold. Yeah. yeah, it's like it, there's nothing really wrong with it. But I know that I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to tell anyone to drink. I made you drink it, but
1: I'm not going to tell anybody else. Yeah, to drink I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, can bring it back. Yeah, that came back. He says the best beer he's ever tried. <laughs> <laughs> i really
0: hyped jeff up no yeah um so anyway uh polarizing uh beers but um really excited for some more little beasts maybe we have a little beasts uh like i don't know series coming up yeah Who knows? tap takeover tap takeovers. you'll have to find out uh but jeff i think it is time for closing time so as always, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram.
1: You can also look for us on MTG Arena itself under the username Arena Regulars Podcast.
0: If you want to find me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z E U L B E R G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you?
1: Best place is on our Discord channel. I go by Regular Jeff there. The link should be down below in the show notes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> also, please leave us a review on Apple
0: Podcasts. Go to Spotify, follow us there, and leave a ver- review as well. If you're on YouTube right now, leave a comment down below and click our bell. Just kidding. No, I'm not going to put up any of the bells or the things. It's too much work. I'm not dealing with that. Um, but uh, uh, hey, we're here on YouTube now, and uh, you can see our smiling, drunken faces. I know you've been waiting a long time for that. So tell us what you think of what our faces look like. People have already started. Um, uh, Anyway, leave a comment. Uh, We'd love to hear them. This has been the Arena Regulars.
1: Finding you that Ray Sato qualified for the Pro Tour with a limited deck. Good night.
0: All right, that's fine.